Well, Eric Christensen, it's uh, it's good to have you here today. Been looking forward to this. I, I have my own uh, love for for what you do as a cannabis photographer. Excited to to get this one scheduled today. Uh, you've uh, worked on several projects, uh, you know, a lot to list, but some of your most recent ones that hire the lore, legends, and legacy of cannabis. And then you previously had had one that you worked on, which was uh, by Rolling Stone quoted as one of the eight best books about weed, which was Green, a field guide to marijuana. So I appreciate you being here today and and sharing your love for the plant uh, as a fellow cannabis lover. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. What um, what got you into? Well, first off, let's start here. What started your love for cannabis? Because I mean, if you're taking pictures of it and getting up close and personal, then you, you got to have a love for the plant. So, so what started your love for the plant? I started smoking for the first time around 19. I really credit a lot of my love for cannabis to one of my friends at college. You know, I was just smoking like whatever was coming around. This was before dispensaries or before I had access to dispensaries. And he had a plug that had this crazy granddaddy purple. And it was like dark, dark purple. I'd never seen anything like it. Everything I'd smoked up until that point was, you know, green, you know, standard, whatever, nothing good. (laughs) You know, this purple stuff looked so unique. It smelled so crazy. That's really the moment that kicked it off for me and it's actually the first strain that I ever shot I was already a hobbyist photographer at the time and I was like I have to shoot this you know tried to shoot it didn't have the right gear and that's kind of what kicked off uh, my cannabis photography uh, hobby at that point that then you know blossomed you know 10 years later into into my career awesome awesome. I I I still remember the first time I saw cannabis that had color. So, you know, it's a same, that same feeling of like, what? It's it's more than just green, you know? Like it was. Yeah. And it seems like always, you know, the ones that have the crazy colored stuff, you're right. The the smells are just always so unique and some are nice and sweet and candy-like and some are just so skunky and gassy. And oh, I love, oh, yeah. I love them. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, up up close, they look even crazier too, but we can, we can get they, into that. Can you know, so we can talk about we could talk about that. You mentioned, you said, uh, you didn't have the right gear. So I, I said that I'm a fellow lover, you know, my rudimentary techniques. Okay. So back in, we'll take it back. This is starting in 2012, early days of Instagram. I was one of those guys that was like documenting, documenting my daily smoke and stuff. Right. And so I went on and I got a little macro lens for my, for my iPhone, you know, and, and put that on there and was, you know, trying to do the, the photos and stuff would do the twaxed out joints and everything, but you know, I could only get so good with, with that lid. So what did, what was the right tools that you needed? Well, so if I'm sure you remember, uh, using that kind of macro lens on your phone, you could only get like a sliver of focus. Like it was, you know, just a little cluster of trichomes. Everything else was just totally out of focus. That's exactly what I ran into as well. Just had a basic kit lens, um, nothing fancy tried to shoot, you know, this nug, I got as close as I could, as close as the lens would focus. And there was just, you know, like 2% of the image in focus. And I just kind of started doing research, trying to, you know, fix that, get more in focus. That's when I discovered focus stacking, which is basically shooting multiple images at different focus points and then combining them together in the computer to unlock a, a wider range of focus. It was early on. I was experimenting with that, 
you know, had to reinvest, get some more tools. I got a flash. I, I got a, um, what's called extension tubes. Basically just moves your lens away from camera sensor that just allows it to focus closer. Got that. And that introduces even less in focus, even though you can focus closer, just kind of kicked off me going down the rabbit hole, macro photography, and just constantly trying to improve, trying to get closer, trying to get more in focus, invested in like computer controlled macro focus rails that basically control, you, you program how far you want the camera to move between each photo and then just press go and walk away and it'll, you know, move forward, take a picture, move forward, take a picture. And you can program all the time between pictures just to, to minimize vibration and just make sure you're getting capturing all the detail. And then you can combine those together uh, in the computer. I usually do between one and 400 pictures that go into the final stacked photo. Um, With 400 individual pictures to make one photo. Yes, that's correct. Oh, wow. The the closer you get, the more photos uh, are required. Like uh, I have some uh, microscope lenses that that I can attach to my camera. My 20X I do two microns between pictures. <laughs> so it's, uh, you get about six trichomes in the frame with that. And it takes sometimes 700 to 1200 pictures, uh, to get, to get a, get a final stack photo. But that's how you get that insane detail that you're speaking about. And I mean, you're able to see uh, in the book, the higher, the lore legends and legacy of cannabis, you are able to see some of those detailed pictures. Yeah. Let's talk about yeah. that. You know, I, some people just think of cannabis as something that you grow that gets you know cut down and then they they buy it in a bag or a jar and grind it up and put it in their bowl or whatever and they don't see the beauty of it they don't see the hard work i i I get to share that love in it because i've worked from the ground up i've worked on a farm before um i'm not i'm not the green thumb i'm not no master grower by any means but i've helped and i've seen it from seed clone all the way through i've helped harvest helped with the curing the trimming the processing i've seen every process of it and part of it. And it makes you have a deeper passion and love for it. And then also I've seen, you know, just the healing that comes from it. Personally, I, I've experienced that. I've also seen it and, and heard the testimonies of countless individuals. And so even then, my passion's even more. So when I think of cannabis, I, I don't think of it the same way that other people do. And and I'm sure you, as being a photographer, you don't think of cannabis the way other people do. So what's your creative process when you're going through and you're you're setting up your model? And you're thinking about your shoot that you're about to do and how you want to display this strain and how you want to, you know, help people identify with the uniqueness and just share its beauty. What is your, what's your creative process for that? Yeah. So, so there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, you touched on seeing the plant from clone, veg, flower to harvest. The first two books that uh, I worked on with Dan, Green, A Field Guide to Marijuana and Green, A Pocket Guide to Pot, those were all dry nuts. That was my experience early on. I never got to see the plant for years into my photographic career because, you know, it was early on. People were still, you know, underground with their grows. They were super reluctant to have, you know, a random person come in and and see the grow. Um, So, you know, must let them take pictures of it. Let me come, yeah, bring a photograph your illegal grow, bro. (laughs) Exactly. So it was just a, a complete unknown for me. I, I did get my medical card and, and I was going to dispensary 
but I was just seeing, you know, 20 different strains on a shelf that all looked different, but I had no, you know, no tie to where that came from, how that ended up there. So for my first, you know, five, six years in the industry, I was just shooting dry nugs. It wasn't until I saw my first plant that it like everything really clicked for me and I saw how it ended up in this dry nug and the care that needs to go into it to end up with a final good product. So I think the live plants just have so much more beauty. They're just, you know, rich and just like living, you know, it's it's totally different from a dry nug. A dry nug loses a little bit of the the color and it has to go through the trimming process and it might be put in a jar and bounced around in the car to get to the dispensary. And so there's there's a lot lost. So uh, with Hire, we really wanted to show off the live plant. And so that's exactly what, what we did. Uh, there's 100 different strains featured, 50 old school strains and 50 modern strains. So, you know, it's 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 a, a really interesting journey through the cannabis landscape. And, you know, it's, it's tough to, to stay on top of the modern strains because there's new ones coming out every day (laughs) new breeders pop so we did our best to kind of showcase you know a good smattering of of the modern strains and then of the old school strains that we could track down you know i would it's really tough to connect make the shoots happen when you got to be at the grow in like a three to five day window right before harvest to capture it at peak ripeness. Sometimes the color doesn't come in until the very end. So mm-hmm. yeah, just connecting with growers um, and trying to be in the right place at the right time to capture the plant was was a super fun challenge. But I think I think we pulled it off pretty well. I bet that was a unique journey on its own, just getting to collaborate with all these different growers, seeing all the different methods and different spaces and different personalities. Absolutely. Yeah, everybody what are, grows differently. <laughs> I do, they do, they do. What are some of the things that in your journey, and that's what I was going to get to in your journey of, you know, documenting and photographing cannabis specifically with hire, when you were able to go around and see these different grows and stuff, what's just some of the things that you learned about cannabis and, you know, about maybe some of the different ways. And you saw, if maybe if you saw stuff growing on the East coast versus the West coast and maybe the way the plants came out, was there any, anything there? We did. Uh, I'm, I'm mainly focused on, on the West coast. Yeah. I did, uh, get to go to Michigan to, to a couple farms and see how they grew it out there. That was, uh, that was really interesting because it was more like large scale agriculture. Like we saw, I think it was like 30,000 plants at one, with one farm. It like, I, I did some drone shots and it was just like rows as far as the eye could see, just a gorgeous weed plant. But, and that, that was full sun. And, you know, they look just as stunning as like, you know, an indoor. I mean, there's obviously subtle differences, mm-hmm. uh, but there were some super dark, rich purple ones and just shimmering greens and, yep. and yellows. And, I mean, it's just wandering the field and seeing all differences and smelling all the differences mm-hmm. is just so fun. I love, I love sun-grown cannabis. I've indoor sun-grown, you know, I always tell people like indoor, you get to control everything about it. And you, you do most of the time end up with a cleaner product because you don't have the 
outside air just polluting it with dusts and pollens and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so your trichromes are always going to be a nice crystally white because they're not collecting the dirt and everything that like you get when you get full sun grown. But sun grown, it has such a high resin content and always seems for me to produce some of the stickiest nugs that I've ever got my hands on. And like you said, some of the colors are, are just crazy on that. And the terpene profiles as well. I and I've got to experience yeah. in my life cannabis grown. And I feel very fortunate all around the world. And so different soil compositions and stuff. And you do get to taste that uniqueness from from different breeders and, and where it's grown and, and how it's grown. But I, I love it. Kind of switch topics, you know, you're, you have this plant. And yes, you're, you're taking these amazing pictures. But, you know, I feel that there's always, there's most of the time there's always a purpose in behind something that we do, right? So besides showing us beautiful pictures and, and displaying the plant in all its glory glory. What is your, what is your message that you're trying to portray to people? What, what are you trying to, what are you trying to bring to the world with, with showing them cannabis? I guess I kind of just took, took it and, and ran with it. I, I feel really fortunate to, you know, know all these growers and I, they graciously allow me to come into their grow room at, at the peak ripeness and, and you know, I, get to take my pick of uh, my subject to shoot most people don't get to see that so i feel like i'm in a really unique place to be able to a experience that and then b capture it and share it with the world so yeah i would just say bringing something to people's eyes that that they normally would never get a chance to see or, or just a few lucky ones that that get to go into a grow because you know it, it's a grow it's their bottom line you know they're not going to be letting random people in that might be bringing in bugs or or other contaminants like it's it's i don't know it's not something that most people get to see so i, I feel really lucky i'm sure yeah i <clears throat> Years back when people thought of cannabis and stuff, some of the the artwork and pictures that are portrayed, portrayed it in a negative light. And so I like seeing people that are doing this type of photography because it's beautiful. You know, I've seen, I've been in some dispensaries that have some really incredible macro photography, cannabis artwork, you know, displayed on like, uh, like that high gloss or metallic or even like glass artwork and stuff backlit. And it's just gorgeous. And it makes you look at it in that different light. And I think that's important for, for educational purposes uh, in this space is, is to portray it in a different light, you know, and bring out that beauty because it is, it's an, it is a natural plant, it, you know, it just grows that way. That's why I tell people, it just grows that way. And, and, and to quote a famous comedian, if you should happen to set it on fire, there are some effects, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's nothing bad. So I think it's important that as being a part of a, a cannabis enthusiast and, and someone that is, you know, just even as yourself, just take them pictures of this. I mean, if you were trying to do this job 20 years ago, you would have been looked at in a different light, you know? It so it's way more difficult. Yeah. Way more difficult. And you wouldn't have been able to have a, a career and stuff out of it as well. It definitely probably would have been just a hobby, you know? So that's, yeah. I think that's amazing that people are now able to make careers out of so many different things that are associated with cannabis. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, I feel, I, I've thought about that a lot. Like it's totally, I, I'm able to do what I do because I was at the right place at the right time. And 
just kind of putting my weird little hobby out there on the internet early on. And then as cannabis was legalized and became more mainstream, you know, I just kind of was like, well, let's keep riding this wave and see where it takes us. And uh, that's just kind of what I continue to keep doing. Nice. When did you first start trying to go more mainstream with your cannabis photography? Probably around 2014, 2020, yeah, 2013, 2014. That's when Dan first reached out and we started collaborating on uh, the first green book. I had already been capturing what I was smoking on. Um, I would I would go to dispensaries and, you know, try and buy a particular nug and the bud tender would give me weird looks and be like, you're just going to get whatever we give you, you know, if it happens to be a good nug then, you know, so be it. And I'd be like, all right, fine, I'll just buy buy it see what happens i spent tons of my own money tracking down various different strains and then dan hit me up and was like let's let's collab let's do this book track down a bunch more that that book happened and then we kind of started collaborating on other books culminating in in higher today but yeah it's been it's been almost 10 years that it's been my uh my career now pretty crazy awesome. That's awesome. And so, I mean, still, yeah, if you've been in it for a decade, then you were still there in the early days of when stuff was kicking off. So that's a good testament to, to staying true to the faith. What's, what is on your, on your horizons, you know, with, uh, with what you do, what's some new projects that you're, that you're thinking about working on? Well, the next big thing I'm going to be going down and shooting a bunch of different phenos for, uh, the Humboldt Seed Company, Mega Pheno Hut couple of years back they they had their first one they worked with probably eight different farms around the Humboldt area and they grew out I want to say like 15,000 different plants it was like an event they invited a bunch of people from magazines and you know just people in the industry to go around to all these farms and you know basically pheno hunt take you know look around at plants everybody got to pick their favorite ones and then they would uh, Humboldt Seed Company would kind of you know, roll that into their next seed release where well, they're doing another one uh, coming up in September. It's going to be even bigger. And I'm just excited. I, you know, see a different Fino is basically peeking into the future of, you know, what cannabis is going to be in a couple of years. As soon as, as, as these breeders release their seeds, other people start growing it out. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of a, you know, peek into the future. So it's, being a cannabis nerd, it's uh, it's super exciting to see that. Now, what's been? Tell me about a, a high point in these last ten years of throughout your career of getting to go to these different farms and, and document different stuff. What's a what's a high point, an accolade that you? Um, I mean, the first one that popped into my head is probably hanging out with the Jungle Boys. You know, they're legendary grow from from LA. Um, mm-hmm. I remember early on. I want to say in 2017 or so, they they hit me up and wanted to do a shoot, and I was like, "Is, is this real life? Like these guys are legends. This is amazing." So yeah, we got to go there and and see the facility, hang out with Ivan and Roach, and they're just great people, great weed. And then that was the that was still in the medical days, so there was you know different things on the shelf that you know didn't end up being recreational grows. And I got to try some some stuff that was on their shelf that ended up being other clients of mine, but they never ended up making it into the legal market, but they're still some of the best weed I've, I've tried. And um, yeah, it was one of the first big shoots I had and kind of kicked off 
of my career. California is still some of the most sought after cannabis in the world. And rightfully so. Everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> I was I was actually over in Barcelona earlier this year. It, beautiful, beautiful city. And they have cannabis clubs over there, private cannabis clubs. And so I was in one and I found one that I that I enjoyed. They had some really good, really good genetics. And I was there for a few days and they were telling me like, hey, you need to come back on Friday because we're gonna have some really special stuff. I was like, okay, sounds good. So I went there on Friday and they're like, and, our, and they're like, oh, hey, we have, we have that, we have that special stuff that we were telling you about. I was like, well, what is it? What is this special strain that you have? And they're like, very limited supply cookies straight from California. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they open it up. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that looks like what I, cause I live out in Las yep. Vegas. And so, I mean, the West coast stuff is all right around me. And I'm like, yeah, it's exactly what that is. It looks like what I smoke every day back home. I was like, that's, that's funny. <laughs> awesome. But it's amazing to see. I love that. I, I can't wait to see where we're at in another 10 years with all of this, you know, and then and then 10 years later from yeah. that, where it's the stigmatism is completely removed and the the nuance of it is is not there. And it's just a normal product that's bought, sold and traded across many, many countries. Are, are all countries going to get on board? Uh, you know, no, they're not. But I really feel that the world wants cannabis. It's in my day job. Uh, running operations for a, a hemp cannabis company, always looking at trends and different uh, laws and opportunities in different countries. And, you know, the consensus is the world wants cannabis, the world, mm-hmm. not just America, not just Europe, but the world, you know, you're seeing it pop up everywhere. You're seeing it pop up in South America. You're seeing it pop up in legalized in parts of Africa and massive mm-hmm. grows happening out there all over the EU. We're even Thailand. seeing some some trends. Oh, Thailand. Oh, yeah. Thailand's blowing off, you know, and now we're seeing some trends even of people. Hey, it's crazy, which is it's such taboo, but places in the Middle East that are that are starting to push and, and get one CBD. And as we know, if we see CBD come in, that's the precursor and then everything else will follow, yep. you know. And so it's the gateway truck. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it, you know, they uh, the first time I had hashish was over in Afghanistan. Wow. You know, it's been that it's from that part of the world, you know, it's, it's been yeah. over there. And so I love the, uh, the strain hunters there, the, the guy out here, I know who they are, the guys over in Amsterdam and, and watching their YouTube channel and, oh my goodness, what, what is life to have to travel the world and, and just try these different genetics and, and, you know, chase down land race strains all over, uh, be a beautiful thing to do. Going on a trip with them would be incredible. And, you know, Unfortunately, one of them that passed away, but yes, before that, we, it, back in 2013, we got to go to dinner with them at uh, the Emerald Cup. Yeah. One of the crazier experiences I've had in, in cannabis, but I remember them saying that the West Coast weed that they were seeing at the Emerald Cup was some of the best they'd ever seen in the world. And I was like, wow, I'm in the right place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Cali is, Cali is, Cali is the Mecca. A friend of mine passed just a couple of days ago that I served with, and uh, it's been, you know, it's been a, a kind of a difficult year. That's the third one this year. I look at it, and all these individuals that passed, they didn't have legal access to cannabis. They didn't have access to alternative therapies. They were just getting shoved pharmaceuticals down their throat by the VA, and you know, it's just the healing is not there. And so that's why I ask, you know, what's your what's your mission and stuff? Because I. I love hearing people's, and I, I see your passion behind it, and I see the the good, the good message behind it that you're just trying to to share the beauty. And I believe that you are trying to share the healing power. You know that's even mentioned, in, in some of your books and stuff. And so that's 
it's something very important that that those of us that have the the ability and the opportunity to be a voice in this community, whether that's through actual voice and representation or things like you do uh, through visual representation, we we have a very powerful responsibility to to spread the light and the awareness on what this plant does. Definitely, and I, I'm really sorry to hear about your your friends. Oh, it's uh, it, you know, it, it's life, and it just makes you value it even more, right? Like it, it just does. makes you really, um, makes you stop, hug those that are close to you. And then, and you just try to be, try to be better. That was, uh, that's why yeah. I was a little late was almost thinking about rescheduling today. But then at the same time, you know, I was like, no, I have an opportunity to do something that, that this person didn't have. I have the ability to, to be that voice, to be that change. And so that's, that's what we got to do. Uh, that, that's 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 what we're supposed to do as humans anyway wherever we have that ability to to make that change and be that impact that's that's what we're our purpose here on on this earth is at least that's what i believe you know so yeah 100 percent. Uh, what so on your day-to-day what is your your day-to-day with with the photography is it is it all cannabis do you do you work on like uh projects with i mean i know you're getting contracted out and stuff but do you uh do you work with like certain dispensaries to document their their grows and stuff or their product lines and everything yeah, mainly it, it's not so much on the dispensary side unless that dispensary happens to have a grow as well. Um, it's mainly on, on the grower side. So I early on, I was targeting dispensaries because that's, you know, what I was seeing and where I was getting the weed. Dispensaries weren't really interested in, in photos as much because the strains turn over so often. So it's hard for them to want to invest in photos when that strain might be gone in a week or yeah you know a couple of weeks it's the growers that really uh, you know like the photos more have more value in in investing in getting the photos cuz you know they they've been caring for this plant for you know 4 to 6 months they're seeing it every day they're you know it's it's something that they want to bring to market and show off um so so yeah it's mainly with with the growers and then a lot of breeders as well you guys are processing a lot of information. You're giving out a lot of information in your book too. It's not just pictures, you know. Yeah, we in in the book there we try and list the lineage as best we could. Obviously, there's a lot of you know lore, and you know some strains. You know, there's there's hearsay from different people involved as to where it came from and what the actual cross is. So we did our best um, and interviewed a lot of the original breeders as best we could and yeah we try and list smell and taste notes like medicinal what it could help with and then just like a a brief description of you know the history of the strain and kind of you know what it's all about i think that that's the important part that that i like that you guys did is you you listed as much actual information as you could didn't try to contort it at all and and, and you kept the medical benefits in there and and help people learn about because there's some new stuff out there, you know, each, I heard some rumors on some new tech out there, you know, rumors are rumors, but of trying to be able to, to test people. And so that way you can off their endocannabinoid system, identify the specific like terpenes and cannabinoids that would work best with them on a medical level. You know, I love advances like that. I always tell people when they shop, the nose knows. And so if you're yeah. able to smell, so made COVID horrible. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, COVID horrible. Because I, I can't even tell you, like I was very, and I knew the dispensary people, I was very frustrated and like I, I returned stuff and thankfully they, 
uh, they were to work with me and everything, but I was like, I, I don't like this. Like I'm not able to smell it. So I literally have no idea because your label honestly doesn't mean anything to me. So like, I, this is really difficult, but, uh, the human body reacts so well. And so I, I love the advancements that we're getting. And I hope that we keep getting there because yes, it's amazing recreational substance. It is, it's so much safer than the other alternatives that we currently have, like alcohol, uh, it does not have the harmful side effects at all. You, you, you know, you, you don't see the families breaking apart and the harm coming from it. And, and yes, there still are some, you know, there still have been some intoxicated driving, but it, you don't hear about the accidents and stuff, you know, maybe it's just somebody yeah. getting pulled over because they were driving too slow or driving too slow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it is. So I love, I love that we have that for people, but then, man, I just, every day that we get more and more advancements, I, I get to have people on this show. Uh, that are talking about new pharmaceutical drugs that they're that they're making out of cannabis or out of specific cannabinoids. I love it because every one that they make is just one. Every one cannabis pharmaceutical pharmaceutical that comes out normally replaces ten to twenty other pharmaceutical drugs without all the negative side effects. And so, yeah, yep. I love that we're doing that, and and I love the the image that you've portrayed. And thank you for the beautiful artwork. Uh, I who knows maybe one day in some of our shops that we have maybe we can get some of your artwork up there if, if that's something that you do it's, it, it's absolutely beautiful so i would love to have that yeah let's do it awesome thank you eric thank you so much today for coming on and just sharing your passion and what you do i appreciate it and congratulations to you and being able to be in this industry for over a decade just doing your passion and sharing your love of cannabis thank you man yeah man thank you so much for having me on this has been super fun 